Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're recording today's show from the beautiful venue of Hawaii. We're on the island of Molokai, and we're at a very special place with a lot of history that I am actually just learning about. But I'm here because I've been given the privilege of being one of the lecturers for a lifestyle program. The local organizers that include indigenous uh, Hawaiians have uh, told me they wanted to use my recently published book, The Methuselah Factor, as a framework for a 30-day program on the island of Molokai. Now, some of you might be saying that was just a way to entice me to come out here to Hawaii, but uh, I think they were sincerely interested in using the book as a framework for not just a one-week intensive program, but also a one-month intervention here on the island. We're having an exciting time here, and I want to give you a feel for some of what's been happening. I am sitting right now in a multi-purpose classroom at this venue. Next to me is someone by the name of Tracy Lynn Crouch. Tracy, it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Dr. David DeRose. It's great to be here. Tracy, I know uh, from our interaction over the last several days that you're a physical therapist, what was it that brought you to this venue? I was first invited uh, back in April of last year by Mercy Riddy, who is the, I should say, the, the pioneer and founder uh, and organizer of this whole program called Ahona Ulu. And does that mean something in Hawaiian? I believe it's, it refers to improving or bettering one's health. So now you are not a native Hawaiian, but you've lived on Hawaii most of your life. Is that true? Yes. I was born and raised in Honolulu on the island of Oahu. And your roots go back to the Philippines. Is that what I understand? Yes. My parents came from the Philippines back in the early 1900s. So my great-grandfather was a uh, plantation worker. So was my grandfather. She brought over my mom. And my mom brought over my dad, and that's how our family started. So basically, you have a deep roots in Hawaii. Although you're not native Hawaiian, you basically have lived, grown up alongside many native Hawaiians. And you've been tapped as one of the health resources for the program. You're actually a licensed physical therapist in Hawaii. Yes, that's correct. I am licensed, and I'm, I'm also actively practicing on the island of um, Hawaii, the big island, in Hilo. So tell us a little bit about what a physical therapist would do in an intensive uh, one-week lifestyle program. Maybe before you answer the question, just for those of you who are tuning in, in this multi-purpose classroom, all kinds of things happen. So we've got some folks in here right now 
who are preparing food uh, for s- some upcoming meals. You'll have other people who will be coming in from time to time to visit. We have some uh, uh, herbal teas so that are used by Native Hawaiians that are, are served in this room. So if you hear some uh, commotion, some activity in the background, that's hopefully just giving you a little bit of the ambiance of what's happening here at this location. So let's come back to the question now. Tracy, tell us exactly why a physical therapist would be involved with a seven-day intensive lifestyle change program. Sure. So I was invited to come by Mercy um, at the invitation of her brother, Keoki. Keoki Gandeza and I had met back in 2016. Uh, we were working in some uh, some meetings together, conducted for the public, and he had referred my my name to Mercy uh, when Mercy was planning this whole program for this year, 2020. So I got a text from Mercy back in April, inviting me to come over uh, for the program, and I gladly accepted because she just wanted my expertise in teaching the participants how to stretch, how to have a a better lifestyle, how to improve their overall physical health. To give people a better perspective of what's happening here, I think there's about a dozen participants who've come here for a week, and it's a I've worked in lifestyle programs throughout the United States, uh, overseas, and uh, there's some unique aspects to this program. And one of them is I think pretty much everyone, or at least most everyone, are local folks right here from the island of Molokai. Is that the impression you've gotten as well? Yes, I believe the majority of them are residents here. Um, that have most of them have been raised here. They may have gone off to the mainland for a few years and then come back to Molokai to live. But for the majority, many of them are permanent residents here. And to me, what's exciting about it is uh, you've heard Mercy Ritty's name. She's the one coordinating the program here. She really has a vision for helping people make lasting lifestyle changes. And so this seven-day intensive where people are actually living on the grounds here, we're not really in uh, plush hotel surroundings. Tell the audience a little bit about the accommodations for us as volunteer staff as well as the participants. Sure. So we are living and staying in tents. We're basically camping and the shower facilities uh, are outdoors. We've got portable toilets um, and we brush our teeth outside and we take a shower under the stars. Um, so it's very novel here to have a lifestyle program in this type of setting. Um, this is my first time experiencing uh, a lifestyle program out in this type of natural setting. And so a lot of people might think, well, this isn't for me, but it's been surprising to see how many people uh, really came out or are excited about it. And uh, this has not been a hardship. They've been excited about uh, some of the, the challenges of uh, a little bit more, uh, well, what we call it, roughing it. At the same time, they're making some, some significant lifestyle changes and dealing with some significant health conditions. Yes, that's correct. And I believe many of the residents here... Because Molokai is so isolated from the other Hawaiian islands, they've had to learn to do with less. They've had to learn to to do more 
with less. And so they're very resourceful. They collaborate and cooperate with each other um, to barter uh, produce, herbs, other resources. And when they teach classes, it's for the community. Everyone helps each other here. Everyone it learns from each other's knowledge and experience. And everyone is so willing to share and to learn how to take care of the aina, take care of the land, how to live off of the land, how to fish from the ocean, how to grow crops here on the land, and sustain themselves that, that way. So one of the things I've found fascinating is in many lifestyle programs that I've worked with, we'll have the physical therapist, we'll have massage therapists, just like we have here. And uh, individuals are usually giving our participants, our patients, our guests, whatever you want to term them, treatments. But the interesting thing about here is it seems like the emphasis is on training lay people to do simple things for themselves. So I don't know all that's been going on in your sessions, but... Every time I looked over, and you're having sessions out, out of doors here in this beautiful venue, and I hear all the people that are just laughing, seem like they're having a great time. What are you teaching the folks in these small groups when you're together with them as a physical therapist? Sure. So what I am teaching them is basic, simple stretches that, that they can do anywhere, in a chair, um, in their car, um, out on a bench, you know, out in at the beach or nature that does not require a big expense for, you know, equipment, exercise equipment. But they're basically using their own body uh, to exercise. And some examples I'm going to share with you, I'm teaching them simple static and dynamic stretches where they're sitting and they're just stretching or they're holding their arms or their limbs or their legs in a in one stationary position for 30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, but the effects are very, very similar to you working out with free weights or in a gym. Okay. You get the same benefits, uh, but also at the same time, there is no risk for injury uh, to the joint, to the cartilage. There's no risk for tear to soft tissues while I'm teaching them these static dynamic stretches, these isometric stretches. And so for these participants, they've never experienced any of this before. And so for them, it's pretty novel. Um, they kind of make some jokes about it, you know, um, but they're all learning together and they're learning how to incorporate it into their daily lives. So they'll make a joke out of it, out of some of the exercises, you know, and they'll say, yeah, maybe when we're sitting and listening to Dr. David DeRose do his afternoon speeches, we can be in the chairs just practicing our chin tucks, practicing our isometric exercises while we're sitting. So that's why they're laughing, Dr. DeRose. Is oh, okay. They're learning how to incorporate these things into the meetings themselves. One of the things that's interesting about what you're talking about is we've mentioned that the framework, kind of the uh, structural framework for the meetings is based on my book, The Methuselah Factor. And we do have a chapter in that book that talks about the power of isometric exercises to improve hemorrheology or blood fluidity, which is the focus of the Methuselah Factor book for those who are not familiar with uh, with the title. And uh, I just think it's fascinating that there's such profound benefits from exercise that many people think really isn't doesn't sound like all that much. In the book, we talk about research using isometric grip strength, where people are just holding um, 
a grip strength device it may be one third of their maximal contraction and they've shown that like a 10 minute exercise with this several times a week can substantially lower blood pressure so is there a lot of research showing the, the power of these relatively simple exercise techniques yes there is quite a few research um studies done out there um i have been working with a, an orthopedic surgeon who developed some of his own isometric exercises for um knee injuries, mm -hmm. shoulder injuries, neck injuries, back injuries. And so I've basically t taken what I've learned into the clinic and just applied it here into this lifestyle program where we very we don't even have any exercise equipment, but we just have our bodies. Mm -hmm. We have a chair, we have a little timer. If not, you can just count in your head and that's all you need. So this is amazing. If someone is listening and they say, this sounds great. I mean, I can't come to Molokai and go through a health program, but I would love to use some of these techniques. Are there places online? Are there books? Are there any things you could refer people to? Sure. There are some videos on YouTube. You just type in isometric exercises. Um, there, is, there are some exercises also that, that you can find online um, with pictures and diagrams and illustrations. Just type in isometric exercises, and you can type in different positions, sitting, standing, laying on your back. Um, you can do so many isometric exercises in so many different positions and you don't even need any type of equipment at all but it's very very effective tracy if someone is tuning in today they have maybe significant health issues we've got people here who have gone through cancer others with high blood pressure diabetes weight issues uh, arthritic conditions if someone's listening they have those kind of problems do you have a message of hope for them? Absolutely, Dr. DeRose. You know, it's never too late to make a new start in your life, whether it's for your physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. The main thing is to just make a start, even if it's just one baby step, um, even if it's just talking with mercy, contacting and talking with mercy, or getting a hold of one of the participants to find out what they went through um, you, you will never be disappointed, um, at, at making the decision, decision to come. The fee that Mercy charges for each participant for a seven day program, meals included, accommodations included, materials, it's only $175 per person. Whereas on the mainland, similar lifestyle programs will cost anywhere from a thousand, two thousand to five thousand dollars. So, here on Molokai, it is worth every penny for you to come. You will not be disappointed. Well, thank you for that. And if you're wondering how anyone could do such a thing, my understanding is Mercy has uh, quite a bit of help as far as sponsors and grant funding. We've got a lot more to come on today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, recording from the island of Molokai and the Hawaiian Islands. We'll be back with more right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen... 
High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're here in the beautiful venue of Molokai, the island of Molokai on the Hawaiian Islands. The particular location is Keawanui. It is a place where there has been educational interventions going on for many years. Right now, we are talking with people who are going through a residential lifestyle program here in this beautiful venue. Across from me is one of those individuals, Michael Arce. Michael, it's great to uh, have you willing to, to join us for the show. It's good to be here. So, Mike, you are someone who, is it safe to say, is uh, a native of this area? Yes, I'm born and raised here. So right on the island of Molokai? Yes. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to grow up on this island. It's very rural. There's not much city. Um, so it's very country. And um, we import a lot of our food from outside. So we, um, we're we used to growing our own foods and raising our own animals and hunting and fishing to sustain our way of life. So you heard about this program, this intensive lifestyle program. And how did that happen? How did you learn about what was happening in this venue? Uh, basically, I heard it from a friend. Um, so our community suffers from a lot of disease, um, heart disease and diabetes and high blood pressure, obesity. And I fall in that category. So um, at the age of 43, which I am now, um, I decided that I need to make some lifestyle changes. So I decided to join the, the retreat and come here. So you and another 
10, 12 people are here going through this program. We are at the pretty much midway point of the program. It's a seven-day program. Started on a Sunday morning. Here we are on Wednesday. What experience have you had here at, at this location? At first, I was a little skeptical. Um, there was a lot of unknown or what to expect. Um, I knew that it would be a little challenging, um, but the first day was a little bit um, it was a little bit different. The foods that we were eating, the just the, the living quarters, the sleeping quarters. But as as the week went by, um, you get into the groove and you get used to the whole schedule of things. And I don't know, I just, I'm pretty comfortable now at this point. So you mentioned, uh, Mike, that the uh, the diet here is a bit different than uh, than what you're used to. Can you tell us a little bit about how what they're serving here is different than maybe the foods you grew up with? Sure. So it's 100% plant-based. Um, there's no animal products. There's no meat, no fish, no chicken, no pork or beef, um, which is the stuff that I'm used to eating on a daily basis. Um, but as the week went by, I found myself feeling a little bit better. Um, just overall overall, I don't know, healthier, lighter on your feet, um, less aches and pains in your body. Um, I don't know, I just feel enlightened. I don't know. Hard to explain. I mean, it's remarkable when you, when you think about it in just four days that you're already feeling better, feeling healthier. And to me, what's really significant is this is a program that isn't being imposed on the people of Molokai. It's kind of a grassroots program. Uh, Mercy Ritti, her, her husband, Ua, and others, they're uh, indigenous uh, residents of, of Molokai, right? Yes, I grew up with uh, Ua, who is uh, a year older than, younger than me. Uh, we went to school together at the same high school. So I'm familiar with uh, Mercy and, and Ua, who are also friends of mine. Um, it's kind of how I heard about the place. And I got interested in um, looking towards this style of living and just trying to make some changes for the better. I've worked, Mike, at many lifestyle programs in the United States. I've helped with programs overseas. Most of them are focused on giving treatments, uh, giving educational interventions to the guests or the patients or participants, whatever you would call individuals like yourself. Here I've noticed there's a, a really strong emphasis on education. So instead of them just giving you a hydrotherapy treatment, they're actually teaching you to do a treatment. Instead of uh, a physical therapist simply massaging you, they're teaching you how to give massage treatments. How has that whole process worked as far as the, you know, from your perspective as a participant? I think it worked pretty well. Um, so we had hydrotherapy, we had massage and uh, physical therapy. So our coaches walk you step by step and explain to you why it works and why it doesn't work if you do it wrong. Um, and the benefits and uh, the things that you miss out on if you don't do it correctly. So I think it's, it's huge that they educate you on why it works. It's, it's so beneficial. Um, like I it's four days and, you know, I had amazing, um, changes in a, these past four days. Just phenomenal. Anything that you've actually monitored other than just an overall sense of, of feeling better? Sure. So for me, um, I'm a diabetic. So I'm monitoring my blood sugar uh, three, four times a day, just trying to see what was the difference from day one to up, up at this point. So as an individual with diabetes, did you come taking medication or were you controlling your diabetes with lifestyle? Um, I came taking medications um, last night 
I went to bed forgetting to take my insulin. When I got up this morning, my blood sugar was was amazingly um, lower than, than normal. So wait a minute. So you're telling me at home you'd be taking insulin to keep your blood sugar under control and you'd get up with a fasting blood sugar of a certain level. You actually forgot your insulin and your morning blood sugar was better than what it would have been at home with insulin? Yeah, there's no joke. I got up this morning thinking, oh, man, I forgot my insulin last night. I need to check my blood sugar. And uh, when I checked it, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So I checked it twice just to make sure. (laughs) And uh, it was much lower than normal. I don't know. I can't explain it. Well, it's really exciting. And what you're seeing, Mike, is what we've seen in lifestyle programs really throughout the world. So people get on a healthier diet. They start exercising better. They get adequate rest, get away from the stress. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of these things help to improve those blood sugar numbers. In one of the centers I worked at some years ago in Oklahoma, we found that two-thirds of the people that came to our program with diabetes within a period of two or three weeks we could get them off their insulin with better blood sugars. So uh, it's exciting that you're just another individual in that story of people who are making these big changes. Anything else that has impacted you about this program? Um, I think the spirituality um, as a group, as uh, we go through each day together, you, you form a bond spiritually, mentally, I don't know, emotionally even, where we share our stories. We all have different struggles, but we're all in the same boat, and it's lifestyle, and um, I think it's so wonderful that as a group, we get to go through this together and um, accomplish our goals together. Folks who've uh, heard about this program, they realize that Mercy Riddy, when she was organizing it, decided she wanted to use my book, The Methuselah Factor, as a framework for the program. And someone might think, well, you know, Dr. DeRose, here's a great opportunity for you just to say, you know, buy my book. You don't need to come to any lifestyle program. But what you're illustrating, Mike, is the reason why residential programs, community programs are so powerful. They're more powerful than the the best books, the best videos, because people are going through it together. And the research is showing the power of social connectedness. I'm so glad you highlighted that because... This is not just a program that's designed to last for this one-week intensive. There are plans to continue to have contact with you and interaction for 30 days. Did you know that going into the program? Um, I kind of did. Um, I felt it was really important to follow up just so they don't take us through seven days and just drop us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for us to meet with each other and interact with each other on a daily basis um, just so we can maintain um, our lifestyle that, you know, or whatever changes we made so far and add on to that as we grow into our, our new way of living. Now, I've noticed you as participants as a group have been divided into three groups or three teams. Uh, do you understand how those decisions were made? No, not at all. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm clued so why I'm partnered up with um, these bunch of people, but well, I love them. They're, they're awesome. So are you among individuals who you didn't know prior to coming to the program? Uh, one or two. Um, I know most of them. Um, but maybe, if, yeah, one or two I, I, I never met before. So I know we're just halfway through the program, so they may not have explained how all the follow-up works. But have they given you any intimation of how those individuals in your group or maybe as a whole group of 10 or 12 people, how you're going to stay in touch over the next month? 
So we're going to meet at somebody's house, any one of us. There's a group of four or five of us, and we're going to decide whose house we're going to cook at. We're going to have a dinner every week for the next 30 days, once a week. Mm -hmm. So we're going to decide whose house and what we're cooking and cook together and eat dinner together at least once a week. Many of my listeners are in other places of the world. Most, of course, are in... uh, what we call here the mainland, lower 48 for my friends up in Alaska. And these individuals, many of them are Native Americans. They may be living on tribal lands. They may be in urban settings. Do you think this kind of approach would work in other places other than uh, a small island like Molokai? There is no doubt in my mind that a program like this can be effective anywhere in the world, anywhere. I promise. So hopefully you've gotten some enthusiasm listening to uh, to Michael because uh, really the message is a lot of us have conditions that could be helped by such an intensive intervention, especially a community-based intervention. And I tell you personally, as the host of American Indian Living, I would be happy to try to connect you with resources. If you don't have my email address, the best one to use is Dr. D. Rose, D-R, D. Rose, at Compass health.net so that's compass like giving you direction health.net and i'd be happy to get back with you with uh, some ideas uh, we do sometimes uh, have the ability to help in certain tribal uh, settings helping uh, launch programs like this or helping support things we've got to step away i'm dr david DeRose. you're listening to american indian living we will be back with more right after this American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. 
Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're continuing some interviews at this beautiful venue on the island of Molokai in the Hawaiian Islands. We're at a place that they call Keava Nui, and across from me is uh, one of the folks who has been volunteering her time at this program. Her name is Lani. Lani, you've got a much longer name than I can pronounce, but you're an authentic native Hawaiian. Isn't that correct? Yes, I am. And I've noticed over the years that many of the folks that I've met who are indigenous to this part of the world often have these very beautiful names that are uh, difficult for some of us on the mainland to fully wrap our arms around. Can, can you tell us uh, your full uh, first name? So my full first name is Kahivalani Mekamahana Ikapu'uvai. Wow, now that is a long name. It is, Dr. DeRose. It's a very long name. And, and what does that actually mean? So my name, Kahivalani Mekamahana Ikapu'uvai, means Heavenly One with Warmth in Her Heart. Wow. So you have these beautiful names that have great significance, and you are someone who has a name with warmth in your heart. And what I've seen here in this program, I'm here at this natural lifestyle program, a week-long intensive program. I've seen you really demonstrating that loving compassion for people that have been here. So uh, I've appreciated that about you. Well, thank you. I guess it's the name. (laughs) I think it might be a bit more than that. Anyway, Lonnie, so... Let's talk a bit about your involvement with this program. Tell us your history of coming to this venue to help people with lifestyle change. So how I started off um, with this program here is I know um, Mercy Riddy um, very well. We've known each other for almost 10 years, I believe, and her brother and I are really good friends as well. So I'm really good friends with her, her, her family, her parents, I knew them. And I remember us just talking about it as friends, you know, maybe one day working with each other, doing something with health. Um, and I remember her coming off of the airplane one day from a lifestyle center that she had gone through school, and we were talking about health. And we both had to leave. Um, we were just kind of crossing paths at the airport, and she said, oh, maybe one day we can do something together. And that was several years ago. And fast forward to now, um, when she had this vision that uh, they were talking about, you know, coming together um, and starting it up, she had called me and asked me if I was willing to help um, and volunteer as you know, one who would teach. And so I was very interested. First of all, we're friends, and I was very interested in the fact that this program was specifically um, for the people of the island, um, for the community here in Molokai. And I automatically said yes really, really quick. And so I basically just started because they, she called me up and Kiyoki had called me up. They both really wanted me to come over. So it's this is probably the third... I think I third third time I came back, third or fourth time. Now, what is especially interesting to me is a lot of folks have been to the Hawaiian Islands, 
But as I was doing a little bit of research about this venue, Molokai, this is not a, a typical tourist destination. So this is an island that doesn't get a lot of tourism. Give us a little bit of feel for why that is. Well, Molokai, compared to the rest of the Hawaiian islands, um, is kind of like a little bit more isolated. So they don't have the typical uh, resources or some of the resources that we have on many of the other islands. And so it's very isolated. Um, the community is very small. A lot of things are done through grassroots. Um, very tight-knit community because the population is very small. It really doesn't have a lot of, um, what can I say, like buildup of you know, tourist attractions and beautiful places and big, huge buildings. It's really a, just a very natural environment. So um, you don't have a lot of that, I would say, I guess, Waikiki kind of feel. It's just really simple, just very simple living. And one of the locals, I think, was exaggerating a bit, but he said to me, we don't have any nice beaches here, and there's no good surfing, so that saved us. So we have this very pristine island. I don't know if that was quite uh, true, but I thought it was an interesting perspective. Um, yes, and maybe that's why there's no tourists here. No, maybe that's a deterrent, but this place is really beautiful, um, but it's just a really simple, simple place and simple environment. And to me, what's exciting about what I see happening here, you've got people in small groups sitting around tables, and I've visited with all the participants who are here. And although many of them didn't know who was going to be coming, I'm asking them, well, did you know each other? Oh, yeah, I know, you know, her aunt or, or you know, his son went to school with me. And what the folks here are telling me is there's maybe only seven, 8,000 people on the island. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, the population here is very small. And so even if you may not know the person directly, um, families know each other. And so what's exciting about all that is you're impacting a group of maybe a dozen people here who are the attendees, but those people are going to be touching people, and there'll be a lot of cross-pollination from what's been happening. Now, you said this type of approach you and Mercy and others have been doing for uh, three or four years. Is that right? Yes, it's been a couple years now. Um, yeah. And have you seen some buildup and in interest, enthusiasm as a result of what you've done? I do see uh, the buildup, and I've seen a growth because the program was a lot shorter, and now it's longer. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So my understanding is you, you folks were gracious. You invited me to take part as, as one of the lecturers, one of the educators here at this program in Molokai. And I'm understanding that this is the first time you've run a full one-week program. Is that correct? Yes, this is the very first time that we're trying out the one-week program. Now, one of the things that to me is so different about your program is it's very hands-on. So, for example, you have been doing classes on natural remedies. Today I sat in on a portion of that class. We tried to record some footage. We'll see if we can get a chance to play some of that on air. And... It, to me, it was fascinating because most classes on natural remedies in health centers, someone will stand up front, they'll show people you know, how to do certain things or they'll explain certain things. But you took a very different approach. Tell us about what you did in the class. So when I um, come to teach, whether it's here or anywhere, um, natural remedies, I like to use uh, the approach of practical application, and I believe that um, the best way for people to ingest um, the head knowledge that they get from me just lecturing is that they have to 
utilize their hands and their eyes and um, kind of put it into practice. And the best way is to do it on the spot, you know, as the teacher is there and, and talking. And um, a lot of it also has to do with cultural background um, in the Native Hawaiian community and in just the growing up with the culture. Everything is hands-on and practical. And so it was a... I feel that it's a great way to reach the, the community here it's because they're used to, to that style of learning. And so I wanted to implement principles that they're familiar with and utilize it in the training or in the teaching of the Natural Remedies class. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to step away from our interview. And if you haven't uh, sensed it, we're in a pretty busy environment. So we're in kind of a multi-purpose classroom here. Everything is going on here from some small teams of the volunteers meeting together. We've got some of the people getting ready to prepare a meal that they'll be serving here in a bit. Uh, there's others uh, that are doing some uh, maintenance uh, work in here. There's even one of the staff members, uh, toddler, that's crawling around the floor. So uh, there's a lot of activity happening, if you're noticing, in the background. But this was the very same venue where Lonnie just had a class that finished up a little while ago. And we're going to cut away right now to some footage from that class to give you a feel for some of the activity. So, Lonnie, one of the interesting things that you did is you not only had folks that were given recipes for kind of traditional remedies, but you also had them put together a commercial. Tell us a little bit about the thinking behind that. Um, well, I had my teams come up with the commercial of whatever remedy or recipes they were using um, because they're normally used to seeing TV commercials that have maybe special things for cough medicines or whatnot, these jingles, and it, it, it tends to stay in their minds when they are sick, like, oh, okay, maybe that can work for me. And so... The mindset behind that is just a way for them to reinforce what they have learned and really a fun way um, to help share what they have learned. Well, we're going to step away right now to a commercial that was designed to promote a natural remedy for toothache. So uh, let's take a listen here. And if you don't understand all that's going on, Lonnie's going to break it down for us right after you hear the participants uh, giving their uh, impromptu commercial. Lonnie, they, uh, they used this popular tune, and uh, fortunately there was a musician as part of the team here. 
But what were they talking about? What kind of remedy were they advertising, if you will? So this team here was advertising a toothache remedy. And here on the islands, um, they have really small clinics. And so we find that usually toothaches come or come and go or happen when the clinic seems to be closed or the dentist's um, appointment is in, until a week or so later. And so they need to find a fast, quick way to help them. And so this is what the remedy is about. They were using activated charcoal, uh, cayenne pepper, peppermint oil, and clove oil um, to uh, help with easing and maybe even subsiding the, the, the pain that they would experience if they had a toothache. So um, what's your experience with this? Have people tried this and it actually works? Yes. So in other lifestyle places where I helped or other places where I helped, this has really helped um, family members and friends. Um, one time I was overseas and one of my really good friends, we were um, in a place that the nearest town was oh, two and a half, three hours away, and the nearest doctor or maybe hospital or clinic was about three hours away, and she was experiencing extreme toothache during the nighttime. And mm-hmm. so we made this for her, and she used it one night, and then she used it the next day, and she never used it after that for the rest of the time that we were up there um, at this uh, country-like retreat. Wow. So whether you uh, actually have all the double-blinded studies or not, it's interesting. I find it fascinating to learn from uh, uh, indigenous people's traditional remedies. And many of these things have been validated over the years. Uh, Others haven't. But uh, we're all learning together. We have to step away. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't go away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We'll be back with more from the island of Molokai right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. 
because everyone acted quickly. Doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. If you hear slamming doors or clanging pots, we're still in this multi-purpose educational room. It is extremely windy here on uh, the island of Molokai today. Uh, someone was telling me they listened to a weather report where they're anticipating gusts of wind up to 50 miles an hour. So uh, sometimes people will open a door to this building, and if they don't shut it carefully, it will slam. So if you're wondering what some of the excitement is, it could be that. We also have a group of program participants that are preparing a meal. So it's all happening in this multi-purpose educational room. It's a good-sized room. And uh, they've got cooking supplies in here. They've got desks because we have lectures here. They've got a keyboard. We've got a nurse who's also a musician who's been part of the program. And across from me, again, is Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie, give us that, uh, that full first name again. So my name is Kahivalani Mekamahana Ikapu'uvai. And uh, what is your last name? Mahelona. And you were born right in, in the Hawaiian Islands? Yes, I was born and raised in the Hawaiian Islands, on the island of Oahu. Okay, but you've been coming back and forth here, we learned, to help with health education interventions here in this very venue. We talked some about your work with natural remedies here, and a lot of people are saying, well, yes, she's native Hawaiian, but what qualifications does she have, and what kind of experience do you have? So, I, Bottom line, how did you get into all of this? Yes. Well, I got into um, doing natural remedies, massage, hydrotherapy. In the Native Hawaiian culture, or it's in the culture, a lot of things are passed down. And so my grandma was a massage therapist. I learned from her, my uncle, my my um, and my mom. But also, I also went to training through a community health um, program and um, got certified through them. And I'm still doing um, continual education, still learning and still still learning and evolving along the way. But during the time, it's been maybe 15 plus several years that I've been um, uh, learning and also using natural remedies for myself and for my family. I usually just say that I'm a health advocate, a trainer, a teacher. So, Lonnie, I know just from the times we've talked together as we've been working together in this venue that this is not just an isolated thing that you've done a few times in this venue. You've worked with other teams. You've done individual work, as we've already gathered from what you said. One of the groups that I've heard several of the volunteers mention is a group called Healing Rain. Is that also a Native Hawaiian group? Healing Rain is not necessarily a Native Hawaiian group, but it is made up of a lot of Native Hawaiian people, and it is a ministry that is similar to this one, and we deal with not just physical healing, but spiritual and emotional, and it is a a 10-day program. And I understood from some that this especially attracts people with substance abuse issues? 
Yes, uh, this program does attract those who are dealing with different types of um, substance abuse issues. So that's the Healing Rain program. Is there a website or if someone is saying, boy, that sounds interesting too? Yes, there is a website. It's um, healingrain.com or you can go to a loud uh, and clear call ministries and you're going to find a link to Healing Rain on that website as well. So if I simply remember healingrain.com, that's actually the website? I believe so. Okay. Well, we'll try to check that out. And uh, if you're listening to American Indian Living today and wondering how to get more information, you can always go to AmericanIndianLiving.org. We have programming links there. We have programs archived. Uh, you can find program descriptions often there. Or check with the station that is airing the show, and uh, they can help you with, uh, with information as well. Because every network that airs our program we send out programming uh, information and we'll have important links and contact information that go out with the program description Lonnie let's uh, let's come back to talking a little bit more about the practical implications of this program from my perspective I see you folks impacting the people of Molokai you're touching the lives of people in an intensive seven-day program but you also have them coming back together they're making a commitment, as I understand it, uh, as small groups of maybe four or five to meet together once a week after this one-week intensive. Have I got that correct? Um, yes. So um, they will be meeting after this, and um, they will be meeting in their small groups. But the beautiful part about this, too, is that the community is small enough where the big group, if they choose to or not, um, they do have also meetings with everyone collectively as well. Okay, so these folks who've come through together for this intensive program will be supporting one another. They'll be meeting as an entire group. They'll be meeting as small groups. And they're committing to do this for at least a month. Is that right? Yes, for at least a month. Yes, 30 days for at least. So let's now talk to someone who may be listening from the Navajo Nation, someone who may be from a Yuset a tribe out on the, the East Coast perhaps. Maybe it's uh, some of our listeners in the Northern Plains, Pacific Northwest, or from all over, we're on about 200 stations on American Indian Living. And many of them, although they're not Native Hawaiian, they're saying, well, I mean, this sounds like a type of program that we could do with our people using our indigenous practices. What do you think? Is that something that's transportable to other cultures as well? I think that it is a very transportable idea and that it can definitely work in other indigenous areas and cultures. Yes. So what would it take for someone to put together a program like this? First of all, someone who is willing, <laughs> someone who is willing and um, a, communi- a leader, just someone who is willing to do this. Yeah. So I know Mercy kind of has taken the lead role, but it seems like you've been her right-hand woman. Is that safe to say? Well, I've helped. I had, <laughs> I, I've helped. <laughs> um, I know you've been doing a lot here, but you've been involved with, with the process for quite a while. So in addition to having a leader, what is that leader going to need to pull together to pull off maybe not necessarily a one-week intensive program, but three- or four-day program or, you know, up to a week? Well, some of there's uh, many different elements. Uh, definitely, um, you know, whether it's uh, finding a venue that is suitable in a safe environment, but a, 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 an environment where it be um, away from city and much more simpler, um, out in nature somewhere, um, to, you know, having... Um, Different types of speakers maybe come in who are willing to speak on health. Um, just a good team of volunteers to help support because there's, uh, you know, there's supporting roles that everyone plays as well. Um, 
also from just um, maybe helping with like food. You know, food is very important with indigenous people and um, people who are able to create these healthy. Uh, yummy foods that's going to help benefit the the indigenous people and understanding what's available for them in their area um, that is also important as well Um, so let me see if if i've got kind of the breakdown of of the team that's here so you're here lani and you've got a background in native hawaiian healing practices massage natural remedies we've got you've invited me and my wife we're both physicians to come we've been helping with the the lectures and some of the uh, Mm -hmm. educational content uh, you've got a physical therapist here mm-hmm. who's been doing, uh, you know, he- kind of hands-on, practical yes. things, training people in uh, techniques. I know you've got another male massage mm-hmm. therapist mm-hmm. here, right? Yes. yes, we do. We have all of these different people with different backgrounds and, and gifts. Now, one of the interesting things to me is that we don't always see as an integral component in lifestyle programs is you have a nurse here. Uh, Jackie, who's also a musician. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what went behind the thinking and in, in having her. And, and she has roots in Hawaii as well, right? Yes. The beautiful thing about this program is that we have a nurse who's also a musician. And so it's been very helpful. And she has a lot of roots because she travels back and forth, help ministering to the people here on the islands. Um, what's been helpful with the role that she's been playing, not just being the nurse here, but also just the aspect of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some studies that she had uh, shared with some of us of how music helps with, especially with some of her patients and, and restoring uh, brain function and health function. And it has brought uh, different aspects um, to the environment and to the lifestyle health uh, of the participants here. So I hope you're uh, hearing something in the interviews and the footage that we featured from this beautiful location in Molokai. And that is whether you're Native Hawaiian, whether you're Native American, whether you're an Alaska Native, or whether you don't really, well, actually don't have any close indigenous roots, you're transplanted. Maybe you're living in a big urban area and you say, I don't even know uh, who my relatives are and I don't feel connected with the people around me, that there are simple things that you can do that can make a difference. And uh, Lonnie, if someone wants more information, I mean, can they reach out to you? Do you recommend they... uh, email you what would someone do if they say hey i'd love to learn more about this yes i think that um, if people are interested and they want to know what they could do in their area i don't mind them reaching out to me you can reach me on facebook you can message me lani mahelona um you can reach me on my email it's um transformilord uh, at yahoo.com okay wait let me see if i've got this transform me lord at yahoo.com Yes, so it's T-R-A-N-S-F-O-R-M-E-L-O-R-D at yahoo.com. Oh, so only one M. So only one M, yes. So transform and then the letter E is like transform me, Lord, L-O-R-D, at yahoo.com. Lonnie, thanks so much for joining us. We do have to step away. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of American Indian Living. Hopefully you've caught a vision for things that you can do differently, maybe at a tribal level, maybe at a community level. Maybe it's just for yourself to reconnect with traditional practices that can make a difference in your life. I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.